Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is July 26, 2022, and our first story. The Biden administration has announced the further sale of more of our strategic petroleum reserve. 20 million barrels will be sold. The current controversy surrounds large portions of our emergency reserve being sold off to Europe and China, going to the highest bidder. Many are questioning why the White House is selling off our oil at a time of emergency. In our next story, Matt Gates says pro-choice activists are fat and ugly. Maybe a little crass, but he's not wrong. Science proves conservatives tend to be more attractive. And in our last story, Democrats are trying to claim that they're pro-law enforcement. Well, no one cares because the new data from Redfin shows people fleeing Democrat cities for Florida and Texas. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the Biden administration has announced they will be selling an additional 20 million barrels of the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That's right. Our oil is going to be sold on the global market again. And I can already hear the hit pieces criticizing me for calling this out. The SPR is not supposed to be used to lower gas prices. And that's what Joe Biden is doing. And it's what Democrats claim they're doing that by releasing this oil into the global market, they will reduce the prices for all Americans. Meanwhile, they're running smear pieces against Donald Trump. You see, there was a big outrage when it turned out that Joe Biden sold off a lot of our oil from the SPR to a bunch of foreign countries, including China. And they make some good points. It's an international market and it just goes to the highest bidder. So it's not like Joe Biden called up Sinopec, the Chinese company, and said, hey, buy this oil, I'm releasing it to you. It's still a massive lapse in judgment from the White House, and it's still arguably illegal to sell off our oil. The SPR is supposed to be for war or crisis or famine. Currently, the media is running a smear piece against Trump saying, you know what? Trump also sold oil to China. And I'll just tackle this right away. Yeah, not during an emergency or crisis. And Donald Trump attempted to replenish the SPR. And guess what? As much as the fact checkers say, no, he didn't. He never did that. What they leave out or they include at the very bottom, it was Democrats who blocked him from doing so. Now, I have a theory. Why? The White House is dumping the SPR. I don't think it has anything to do with lowering gas prices. And I think it likely has more to do with us being at war with Russia and them trying not to admit it. Russia invades Ukraine. NATO basically comes in and provides all the logistics and weapons and intelligence. 
Meanwhile, we're hearing there's going to be a big famine. That Ukraine and Russia at war means no food exports. At the same time, they're telling farmers in the Netherlands and the UK and in Ireland to stop farming. And I wonder why that is. Some people say it's the climate agenda. But for me, I'm sorry. I have a, I have a hypothesis. I think it's war. In war, you want to conserve your oil. So perhaps the reason they're telling farmers not to farm has nothing to do with climate change and has, ever, has everything to do with using oil and energy more for the war front. Now, it's not necessarily that they're going to be diverting oil from farms to the war, but that by getting farmers to stop using fuel, that leaves up an excess that can be used in other places. And why is the U.S. selling off all of this oil to the international market? I don't think it's to lower gas prices. I think it's to make its way to Europe so they can have more oil for the war effort. Could be wrong. There's probably a lot of context missing there. But either way, the American people are the ones that are getting screwed by this deal. At a time when we are told there won't be a recession, based on the official definition, there will be. But the Biden administration says, no, no, uh, there won't be. They're calling it a, a transition in which we see slower growth. They don't want you to realize we're at war, that it is not Ukraine versus Russia. It is NATO versus Russia, and we are footing the bill. Now, Russia is cutting fuel to Europe, to Germany specifically, down to 20% capacity of the Nord Stream 1 line. Germany is panicking because their economy is going to get hit. And Russia is saying we will cut off the rest unless you end the sanctions. This is what war is. Maybe they should just come out and admit that hardship is a reality of life. But maybe they're worried that if they do, they will lose their elections and Donald Trump will win and Trump will shut down the war machine. So a theory, perhaps not correct, maybe nothing more than a hypothesis on my end. There's tons of classified information and secret information I got no idea about. So who knows? But let's read the news. Take a look at the pieces of the puzzle and see what we can come up with. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to support our work. As a member, you'll get access to our exclusive shows like the TimCast IRL Uncensored show after hours, 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, as well as the show Tales from the Inverted World. We've also got Cast Castle, which will be launching very soon. That's going to be more of a sitcom fake uh, sit a comedy vlog. It's going to be a vlog, but we're going to add a lot of jokes to it. We're ramping up production. We're taking it to a new level. And we have the latest season of Tales from the Inverted World up right now exclusively as a members-only show on TimCast.com. You'll also be supporting all of our amazing journalists. So we really do need the support. If you like the re reporting that we do, our journalists are funded by you, the members. That's it. Memberships, they pay for the reporting we do. They pay for videos like this. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the first story from Fox Business. And then I'm really excited. Because I'm doing the research and I want to just eviscerate the lies about Donald Trump that they're putting out right now. And I love to say, it. please stop making me defend Trump. Now, I'm a fan of his foreign policy, but you don't need to lie all the time, making it so that we have we have nothing to do but defend the man. Seriously? Yeah, they're lying about him again, as they do. Fox Business reports. The White House announced Tuesday the Department of Energy will be issuing a notice to sell 20 million more barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve as part of the Biden administration's effort to bring gas prices down. Why? Anyway, this makes the fifth such sale that Biden has authorized. 
The White House continued to blame disruptions posed by Russia's invasion for the high prices, while claiming that the Biden administration's actions are making a tremendous difference. Quote, in fact, the Department of the Treasury estimates that as a result of these drawdowns, both domestically and internationally, the price at the pump of Americans is up to about uh, is up the price at the pump for Americans is up to about 40 cents per gallon lower than it otherwise would have been. The White House said in an announcement. While gas prices are down significantly since a recent national average price of more than $5 per gallon in June, the average as of, as of Tuesday was still $4.32 compared to $3.15 from one year ago and approximately $2.39 when Biden first took office. It's incredible. Republicans slammed the White House after previous sales from the Petroleum Reserve after it was made known that millions of barrels were being sent to European and Asian countries, including China. The American people deserve answers as to why our emergency energy reserves are being sent to foreign adversaries like the Chinese Communist Party, compromising our energy security and national security. I love it. What do they say? They say it is fake news, writes Glenn Kessler over at The Washington Post. When oil is sold on the international market, it legally must go to the highest bidder. So it's not that Biden is just selling off the oil to China. It's that he's selling off the oil and China happened to buy it. OK, I'm still wondering why they are selling off our emergency reserves. I, I, yeah, I don't think they care about this country, my friends. That's why they're doing it. The White House also announced the Department of Energy is proposing a rule change regarding how the federal government acquires oil for the SPR. The new rule, if adopted, would permit fixed price contracts as well as indexed price contracts. The current rule requires purchase prices to be set by a price index, with the price paid being based on market prices at the time of delivery. The proposal, if finalized as proposed, would encourage near-term production, promote market stability, and put the federal government in a better position to respond to future market volatility. That's what the White House said. Well, we have the official energy.gov statement here. DOE issues fifth emergency notice of sale of crude oil from the SPR. Great. The Democrats say it's helping. Market Watch reports Biden administration says releases of oil reserves cut gasoline prices by up to 40 cents per gallon. I don't believe it. I, I really, really don't. I don't think the reason they're dumping this oil is because they're trying to lower prices. I think they're trying to make sure that European countries can get oil amid the Russian, amid Russia cutting them off amid the war. I mean, that's the that's the big news right now. Simply put, Russia to cut gas through Nord Stream to uh, Nord Stream one to 20 percent of capacity. So there's a war going on. Europe needs fuel. They're cutting gas. The U.S. announces we're going to be selling off some of our reserves and a large portion, millions of barrels, goes to uh, Europe. About a million went to China because China bid on it, but a large portion went to Europe. I believe that's probably the real reason it's happening. Now, over at the New York Post, House Republicans want answers about oil sale to Hunter Biden-linked China company. This was the big news. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, 
and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. People wondering why Unipac, a.k.a. Sinopac, was getting this oil. They say Rep. James Comer, top GOP member on the panel, and, and 18 of his colleagues are questioning why the Department of Energy exported 900,000 barrels of oil to Unipac America, a subsidiary of Sinopec. The decision to sell to Unipec raises questions about why the Biden admin is selling oil from the SPR to China, especially when the sale may enrich Hunter Biden, the president's son, the letter says, all of which is true. Washington Post counters, as I mentioned, saying they didn't choose to do it. It's that when they announce the sale, the highest bidder gets it legally. That's how it must be done. The question then is, why is Biden selling off our oil, period? The first concern that we had was that our SPR was being drained by the Biden administration. This is not what it's for. Gas prices are high and Biden is hurting in the polls. So they want to lower gas prices. This is what they're saying. They're saying, hey, we did it, everybody. We lowered gas prices by dumping off our emergency reserves. It is not for when gas is high and you are hurting politically. It's for like when you have no choice and there's a war. Now, I suppose the argument is COVID caused problems or the war with Russia caused problems. We ain't involved in that, right? Oh, I'm sorry. We are. Yeah, we're not supposed to be, but we know the war with Russia is basically NATO versus Russia. Russia's been saying it and calling it World War III from some time. But now let's call out the lies. This, so, this infuriates me. Scoop. GOP's oil reserve amnesia. Sophia Kai writes on July 19th, 2022, the Trump administration sold oil from the U.S. strategic reserves to China's largest oil producer in 2017, according to government data reviewed by Axios. Oh, no, the scandal of a century. How could Donald Trump also sell oil from the SPR? There's a lot of questions. A lot of questions they don't include in this piece. I'm not going to bury the lead. There was no emergency in 2017. We are in we are, we are, we are in a supply chain crunch. We have record high gas prices. Now is not the time to be depleting our emergency reserves to lower the gas prices. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if the supply chain is being disrupted, you want to either retain that oil for our use Figure out how to best use the sour crude. They complained about saying it was better suited to go to Europe anyway to offset what Russia It's high in sulfur. They're saying Russia's sales are depleted. So we're going to replace it. No. If the law is that we have to sell on the, on the international market, then um, we should change the law. We should use the oil that we need. That's not the way the game is played. They say documents show like the current administration, the Trump admin also sold to the highest competitive non-sanctioned bidders, including Chinese companies, as is required by law. I will fully concede that point that the reason China was able to buy it was because they bid the highest. And that's the way the system works. OK, I can, I'm not going to come down on Democrats or Republicans. I'm going to say I will accept that one. 
When the story first came out, I was questioning why that was the case. We have an answer. I accept it. Fine. But the first question was always what always was, why are we depleting the SPR? Now, the question's here. Why was Donald Trump selling from the SPR at the time? I'd love to know. <clears throat> they say, <clears throat> excuse me, they say their hypocrisy. Slamming the Biden administration for doing exactly what the Trump administration also did isn't surprising. But it reveals just how eager they are to use lies to attack the president, said Ian Sims, a spokesman in the White House counsel's office. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. At the time Donald Trump did this, what were we really worried about? So nobody was sweating when the SPR sold off half a million barrels and it went partially to China. Now we have a crisis and I think it makes more sense. To be fair, though, I think there is a morsel of a fair point. Sure, Trump did sell and it went to the highest bidder. That's the, that's the important info everyone needs to understand. Oil is sold to the highest bidder. China was able to get some. So maybe we can still ask questions about Hunter Biden's involvement in Sinopec and why Biden is selling off our oil. And I think there's something deeper there. But let's call out the manipulation here. Here we go. March 19th, 2020. So you want to talk about the crises and all that stuff. You want to talk about right now when we probably need to keep our oil, Biden selling it, and then criticize Trump for when we weren't in a major emergency, him selling it off. Energy.gov says Department of Energy executes on direction of President Trump, announces solicitation to purchase crude for the SPR to provide relief to American energy industry March 19th, 2020. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean when oil was at a, 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 a serious low, I don't want to say all-time low, but very, very low in price. Donald Trump, he called for the purchase to the maximum capacity of the SPR, 77 million barrels. The DOE announced a solicitation for the purchase of, initial, of, of an initial 30 million barrels to begin filling the SPR. Solic solicitations for additional purchases will follow. Wow. So Trump wasn't depleting our reserves. He was filling our reserves. Well, oh, okay there. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Fact check, everybody. I did a simple Google search for this. And I was trying to read the news. Donald Trump was selling off about a half million barrels that I, I believe, I don't know if the entirety went to China. And the question is, okay, why? Well, the reality is a couple of years later, he tried to refill the reserves and verify this as no. U.S. oil reserves weren't 100% full during Trump's presidency, as he claimed. Former President Donald Trump claimed he built up the U.S. oil reserves from the virtually empty to 100% during his time in office. That isn't true. Oh, yeah. Trump lied. You see, he had tried to buy the oil. They say this. President Joe Biden announced on March 31st the U.S. release a million barrels of oil. This we get. In response to the Biden administration's decision, the form, former President Trump claimed in a statement that he built up the country's oil, reser oil reserves during his administration to 100% full. He also claimed that U.S. oil reserves had been virtually empty for 50 years. Did former President Trump build up U.S. reserves? That's the question. The answer, false. Yeah, we got him. We got you, Trump, you liar. No, former President Donald Trump did not build up U.S. oil reserves to 100% during his presidency. Aha. They then go on to say the SPR was created in December 1975 when former President Gerald Ford signed the emergency, uh, the Energy Policy and Conservation Act into law. It meant it to counter disruption in commercial oil supplies that would threaten the U.S. economy following an energy crisis that began in 1973, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, blah, 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 blah. Oh, because they just want to bury it. Wait till you see 
why the answer is no, Trump didn't do this. They go on to say the SPR was about 95% full when Trump took office. Hey, fair point. Trump was wrong. It wasn't virtually empty and he didn't fill it up. But hey, let's not play the stupid game where we're like, aha, Trump was to blame the whole time. They say by the end of December 2017, the SPR had about 663.7 million barrels of oil. The SPR inventory was about uh, uh, 638.1 on tw- when, when Biden was taking office. In March 2020, Trump did propose purchasing 77 million barrels of oil in order to fill the SPR to its maximum capacity, according to the DOE. But congressional Democrats backed, uh, blocked the measure, calling it an estimated $3 billion bailout for big oil. Okay. So Trump is wrong when he says it was virtually empty and he filled it up. But the Democrats were the ones who blocked it when he did try to fill it up. I'm not here to pretend that Donald Trump is always right, always perfect or doesn't lie. No, I've talked about how he says nonsense and lies a lot. Most of the time, however, he's just wrong. Saying he's lying implies he's he knows every detail about what he's working on. And I'll tell you this. You can't simultaneously claim Donald Trump is a bumbling dotard who has no idea what's going on and that he's also completely cognizant of every detail ever. So he therefore must be lying. No, I think Trump lies. I do. I think Trump wants to come out and he wants to talk about how he's done everything so well. And this may be an example of that. You know, they were virtually empty. We filled them up. They weren't virtually empty. And you tried to fill them up. How about this, Trump? How about you just say, When we tried filling up the reserves, it was blocked by Democrats who called it a bailout for big oil. And now Joe Biden is depleting our reserves. Why? Biden has said he's going to get us off fossil fuels. Surprise, surprise, he's doing it. From Real Clear Energy, Mark Roback writes, no, President Biden, releasing petroleum reserves isn't bringing down gas prices. Well, that's strange. They just said it was by 40 cents. Okay, well, this is the opinion of one guy. What does he say? He says, it seems that instead of utilizing the vast wealth, energy resources our country has to offer, the administration is bent on using ineffective approaches that won't have a durable impact on the cost of energy. Recently, Secretary Granholm visited the Bio Choctaw Strategic Petroleum Reserve in Louisiana ahead of additional oil releases. Despite the daily releases of 1 million barrels of oil per day, some estimates indicate gas prices could still reach an average of $6 per gallon nationwide this summer. As much as President Biden deflects blame, his policies make the problem worse. The solution requires the president to reverse his assault on fossil fuels and commit to concrete long-term solutions, promoting investment in domestic energy production. But hold on. This article is from before the Market Watch article. Market Watch wrote on July 26, Biden admin says the release of oil cuts gasoline prices by 40%. I mean, by 40 cents. Sorry. And this article saying it wasn't going to work comes from June 30th. Entirely possible. This writer for Real Clear Energy was wrong. What I what I don't think is wrong, though, and again, take the, I, I don't want I don't want people to confuse the dates and make it seem like this proves the other. No, 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 no. Like the Biden administration is claiming that others have said that it won't be, do that. So then there must be an, another factor at play or perhaps Biden is right. And dumping our oil from the SPR is bringing down gas prices. Sure. Fine. Whatever. That's still not what it's for. Well, depending on who you ask, therein lies the big problem. Verify this is going to claim, well, no, the SPR is supposed to be for economic crises during shortages and things like that. Yeah. During a war in, 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 in Europe and a supply chain crunch? Or should we keep this oil to use for ourselves? There is a problem, regardless of who, in, who is in charge, if the SPR is being released and it's going to the international market instead of us. That I think is a no-brainer.
Now, it's going to get bad across the board. And I think it'll get bad for the rest of us because Europe is getting hit and it's likely that they're going to want oil. So Joe Biden is going to try and sell off more and more and more. The Guardian reports Eurozone crisis in reverse, uh, crisis in reverse as southern states scold Germany over gas. Southern Europe countries were unwilling to sign up to homogenous 15% cut in gas. Oh, it's coming, baby. I already showed you that Russia is going to cut gas through Nord Stream 1 to 20% of capacity. The AP reports Russian energy giant Gazprom said Monday that it would further reduce natural gas flows through a major pipeline to Europe to 20% of capacity, citing equipment repairs. The move ramps up fears that Russia may cut off gas as political leverage over the war in Ukraine, just as Europe tries to sharp storage for winter. That's why they may be doing it. Now, why would uh, Russia not just cut them off? Strategic, I suppose. They're still getting money for it, and they use that money to fund their war as well. Things are not so simple. Now, many of you may argue that because of the war, that is the main reason gas prices are going up. I'm going to pause you right there and say gas prices had already gone up dramatically before the war. And Joe Biden has vowed to get the U.S. off fossil fuels. So when Joe Biden starts selling off our reserves, I don't believe it's because he's trying to reduce our, uh, our reduce gas prices. I think it's because he's trying to get rid of gas. And that's where we're headed. This is all just beneficial to that agenda. Now, maybe Biden's just lying about it, actually. Maybe he's just saying that because he wants to get Democrat votes. And that's also an entire uh, and a little. I think it's a possibility. Bloomberg reports Germany's hopes to, of avoiding a recession are shrinking by the day. IMF predicts slowest G7 growth as inflation and energy weigh. Banks say downturn has begun and will last into 2023. Well, here we go, man. EU agrees to watered down gas rationing plan after early resistance. Hmm. I wonder what's really going on with oil. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a psychic. I can't tell you. I can't read confidential information. I could be wrong about everything. Everybody's going to make their arguments. Fair point. Republicans will be like, why is Joe Biden selling oil to China? The media will be like, it's because it's going to the highest bidder. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, th- that's actually an explanation, right? not intentionally going to China. It's just the way the system works. Why is Joe Biden releasing the, the oil anyway? Because gas prices are too high. OK, bring it down 40 cents by rapidly depleting our SPR doesn't sound like it's a smart thing to do. It's not going to help anybody in the long term because the supply chain is still disrupted. All he's doing is depleting our oil and sending it to Europe, which says to me, maybe it has more to do with this. Selling the oil he knows will go to, to, to Europe. Hey, it could be good business. Let's be real to Biden's credit. Maybe he knows he's got the EU by the balls, that the EU is like, yo, we got no gas. Gas is super expensive. And Biden goes, I got some gas. You want to buy it? Highest bidder. And so we're, we're taking a clean cut in the profits, huh? Maybe. Maybe then with that money, he buys in cheaper or something like that. I don't know. At any rate, we're not getting clear answers as to what the point is. And if the point really is to lower domestic gas prices, yo, you are, you, you are, it's, it's short-term gains, long-term losses, and it puts us at risk. Just not a good idea. Overall, not a good idea. Act of desperation. Look, I can, I can give credit to Joe Biden, if this is true, that he's trying to, to simmer down the crisis that is the economy. Credit, if that's the case. Yo, I don't want regular people suffering at the gas pump. And maybe Joe Biden 
is really trying to solve that problem. Maybe maybe we really are seeing some some something work here. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't believe it. I don't trust Biden. I think he's crooked. I think he's corrupt. I think the Ukraine quid, quid pro quo uh, proves that Biden is corrupt and has gotten away with so much. So I just won't give him the benefit of the doubt. I look at this and say, I don't trust this man. And I see the oil going to Europe at a time when Europe is cut off from fuel. And I'm like, makes more sense. That's why he's doing it. Not that he's trying to just sell off to China or anything like that. But there was this story as well as a couple other stories. Politico writes, police fire on Dutch farmers protesting environmental rules. Farmers have blocked supermarkets, distribution centers and roads in response to government plans to cut nitrogen emissions. Maybe what they're really trying to do is preserve fuel. Maybe they're saying we found areas to cut down. Farms require tons of fuel and fertilizer. We're going to have to grin and bear it. Now, here's the reality. I don't know about the Netherlands, but I know in the United States, we eat too much food. Americans are fat. So if you've got people who are obese and you're looking to shore up some resources, you can say, we're going to stop buying so much food because y'all eat too much as it is. That's the first place to cut. You'll, you'll be fine. You'll survive. In fact, you'll probably be better off. It got me thinking. Maybe everything is just part of this. We know the U.S. intelligence is, uh, the U.S. is providing intelligence to Ukraine to take out, they, they took out the Russian flagship. We know the U.S. has been training. We know the U.S. has troops out. Uh, we have, we have uh, um, I believe, special forces maybe in Ukraine or at least in Poland. We know that veterans are doing this international volunteer force and they're operating in Ukraine and fighting against Russia. Russia claims they're at war with NATO. NATO is providing weapons to Ukraine. What's the difference? Even if even if the U.S. was directly involved and we had an American pilot flying a plane with a, with Ukrainian flag, how, how is Russia going to know unless they capture someone? And then if they do, the person flying might just be like, I'm a I'm a volunteer. I'm just volunteering. Yeah, come on, man. This is what war does. And this is what war looks like. So it's no surprise we're seeing all of this. Fog of war, propaganda, intentional manipulation. Perhaps that's what we're witnessing. Perhaps there's political and domestic warfare at play as well. The Republicans, in the, I should say, in the initial reporting, it was missed. The idea that uh, Sinopec just bid on the oil, that's what they got it. I, I accept that. Absolutely. And it's because I've, 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 I've read about that in the past, and I did not know it applied to the SPR in this way, but that's what happened. Okay. My question is still, why sell off our strategic reserves? If, if the supply chain is really being disrupted, shouldn't we, you know, have like an emergency provision and distribute the oil amongst ourselves? Oh, maybe it's because that's system, the way the system has to work. We have to sell the oil to foreign countries. That makes no sense. What am I going to do with $5 or 5 euro? Is that going to help me in any way? No. The oil, well, that will drive tractors converted to, converted to fuels, can be used for petrochemicals and other things the U.S. might need during a supply chain crunch. Not only that, Joe Biden could be restoring gas leases and paving the way for oil companies to start ramping up production. Instead, Joe Biden said he's going to get us off of fossil fuels. Yeah. So when the gas prices go through the roof, sorry, I don't believe Joe Biden. 
And here's the more nefarious view, the more malicious view, I suppose, on their part. If the gas prices are escalating because Biden's policies, and I think they play a role, then he uses those rising gas prices as an excuse to deplete our strategic reserve. It's just like, yo, you're the reason behind the, the rising gas prices. Before Putin invaded Russia, prices were going up. Then you say, oh, no, prices are so high. I got to get rid of our strategic oil. So it's your fault. Now you're giving our oil away, man. It just does not sound legitimate at all. It sounds intentional. Visual capitalist has three reasons for the fertilizer and food shortage. Okay, what are the three reasons? The top exporters of fertilizer happens to be Russia. You see, I feel like all of this comes in and plays a big role. Maybe the, maybe the Netherlands are saying you got to stop farming because they know we're not going to have the fuel for this. It could be that simple. The farmers are going to use a lot of fuel. They want to they restrict how much of that fuel gets used. And there you go. Export value in billions. Looks like Russia is the biggest exporter of fertilizer. They're the top exporter of soil additives containing nitrogen, as well as those with phosphorus and potassium. The United States export value 4.1 billion. Crazy, man. Top grain exporters. The U.S., look at that, we're big. And then Russia and Ukraine right there with 87 million tons. The U.S. with 93 million. I think we'll be fat and happy, but yo, some of these other Middle Eastern and uh, North African countries are going to be hurting. Recent food shortages. Chili pepper in, uh, looks like Mexico. Out of stock, severe weather or drought. Mustard is, uh, I'm sorry, these are the region they come from. France and Canada. Really? Or is that, is that France and Canada? Yep, extreme weather. Apples. No, apples. Well, I don't like apples anyway. Grapes, shortages. Wheat, shortages. Coffee, shortages. Out of stock. Crazy. It's getting crazy, man. Now look, everybody wants to point the finger at the other side and, and point the blame. I would say this. Donald Trump, I think, has, uh, has a corruption into, uh, of himself. Um, it's not the same corruption that we see in D.C. What I see with Donald Trump is that he cares about this country. I really do believe that. But I also think he cares about his ego. And that's what I refer to a, a corruption of himself. I think Donald Trump wants to be praised. He wants everyone to know he's doing right and he's got that ego. But I think he did good foreign policy, which makes him one of the best presidents of my generation or of all time. Uh, the North Korea thing I've talked about quite a bit. It's amazing. The economy was doing well. Trump's far from perfect. He tried having the G7 at his own golf resort. I think that's corruption. I think that's him trying to benefit himself. And he goes, no, 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 but we're giving him a discount. I don't care. You're still covering the costs of your business. Don't like it. The State Department was advertising Trump golf resorts. Get out of here with that stuff. Look, I will call out Trump for doing things that are bad. But his foreign policy, man, was fantastic. The economy was doing well. Joe Biden, if he's trying to bring down gas prices, I'll give him credit. But that's not what I've seen from the Democrats or the Biden administration. What I've seen is quid pro quo in Ukraine, and they lie about it. And the media lies about Trump all day, every day, putting the sins of Biden onto Trump. When Trump tried investigating Biden's quid pro quo, they called it Trump's quid pro quo and impeached him. So forgive me if I don't believe a word out of the media when they're like, yeah, well, Trump sold oil to China. Yeah, and it wasn't an emergency. They're different circumstances. Well, uh, get out of here. Trump, did he actually refill the SPR? No, it's false. Well, it was Democrats who blocked him. Get out of here. 
Yo, I do not trust the media and the establishment one bit. So no benefit of the doubt. You want me to call out Trump? I will do so. No problem. But you expect me to believe Biden? Never going to happen. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. From the Huffington Post, Matt Gates doubles down on misogyny, calls abortion rights advocates ugly. The Republican congressman said women who attend abortion ra- rights rallies are ugly and overweight. Uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. Matt may be a little crass and rude about it, but he's objectively correct. And that is not me trying to insult abortion rights activists. I am going to just outright say it at the start of this video. Matt Gates, while crass, probably rude, is 100% objectively correct about the attractiveness of abortion rights activists. You think I'm here to play games, my friends? I am certainly not. I have brought all of the sources. Now, real quick, story here is that Matt Gates was speaking at an event, and he said, well, let me, just, let me just show you the video. Why is it that the women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions? Nobody wants to impregnate you if you look like a thumb. And now the story is picking up steam because a reporter asked Matt Gates. let me just play the clip for you guys. I said, what I said. You, yeah, yeah, explain what, I said, what you said and what you meant by that. Uh, well, I'm very pro-life and I make no apology mm-hmm. for it. And I'm grateful that Roe has been overturned and that Dobbs is now the jurisprudence on abortion. And I find these people who go out in these pro-abortion, pro-murder rallies odious and just like ugly on the inside and out. And I make no apology for it. I... Uh, I don't believe that every person who disagrees with my perspective on life is an ugly person, but the ones that are out there protesting and marching outside Justice Kavanaugh's home, trying to threaten the court, um, trying to impose a night of rage on our nation's capital, which is what they advertised, that's just, uh, it's just pure ugliness. And I see that ugliness on the inside, I see it on the outside. You know, even in, in, in the horrible circumstance where an abortion may happen, it is nothing to celebrate and it is nothing to cheer. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended. Mm-hmm. Be offended. Said, well, and so now everybody's mad at Matt Gates, like, oh, well, well, I never. And so I'll stress it again. He's correct, but maybe a little rude. So uh, we have a variety of stories all basically covering the same thing. Matt, uh, Matt Gates tried to shame a 19-year-old abortion rights activist, and it did not go well for him. In fact, I don't think that even matters at all, but we'll come to that. And I want to show you uh, some of the tweets Matt Gates posted. He says, today on The View, Whoopi Goldberg strongly disagreed with my assessment that people who rally at these pro-abortion, pro-murder events are disgusting and need to work need to work in a salad. And then he posts a photo of a very large Whoopi Goldberg. He then has this photo where Newsmax says Florida rep Matt Gates blasted abortion activists in a rant sure to raise dander of his political opponents. And Matt Gates then posts an image of a woman and says dander raised. OK, Matt, a little rude, uh, just just outright rude. This young, this young woman here, this uh, obese woman, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. She's literally obese. Uh, she ended up raising a lot of money off this. But that's, that's, we'll come back to that. Because the question is, from Matt Gates, is it true? It is true. Let me read the Huffington Post so we can make sure you get the context from the left first. And they say, the Republican congressman said women who attend abortion rights rallies are ugly and overweight. 
Now, we, we saw the quote from him and Huffington Post assessment. Gates attracted fierce criticism this weekend for telling college students at a conservative conference in Tampa, Florida, that nobody wants to impregnate women he deems unattractive. He deems? So they shouldn't worry about their rights to bodily autonomy. Why is it that the women... Okay, so, so look. He says nobody wants to impregnate you if you look like a thumb. These people are odious on the inside and out. They're like 5 to 350 pounds, and they're like, give me my abortions or I'll get up and march in protest. Gates is currently under federal investigation for alleged trafficking and statutory rape of a 17-year-old girl. So I'll, I'll put it this way. One, is an investigation into Matt Gates relevant to what he said? No, but this is the game they play because we are in a political, we're in a culture war. What's true is completely irrelevant to these people. Is Matt Gates a little condescending and mean? Sure. But here's the facts. The Washington Post. Oh, I love it. Conservatives really are better looking, research says. From Psychology Today, science weighs in. Conservatives look better. Let's keep counting. Then we have Oregon Live. Beautiful people tend to be Republican, embrace rugged individualism thanks to the halo effect study. Then we have CNN. Oh, I'm sorry, this is the wrong story, wrong story. So, so we, we've got three here. Now we've got Newsweek. Good looking people tend to vote Republican because they've had easier lives, study says, says four. Then we've got The Guardian. Hunky Tory, attractive people tend to uh, are more likely to be right wing, study, study finds. There's five. Now we've got Indy 100. Six, conservatives are more attractive than liberal, study finds. Then we've got The Atlantic. Seven, why conservative politicians may be more attractive than liberal ones. Is that it? Do we have more? And then we have studyfinds.org. Eight sources. I did not spend a lot of time digging this up. Conservative politicians are better looking than liberals, study says. And these are different studies. Matt Gates is not wrong. People on the left, liberals, tend to be unattractive. Now, going back to uh, where we're currently at, Matt Gates tried to body shame a 19-year-old abortion rights activist. It did not go well for him. Okay, let me just address this. Um, he didn't try to. He literally did body shame a 19-year-old uh, activist. We've got the Whoopi Goldberg tweet. And then we have this. He posted an image of this obese young woman. Olivia Juliana tweeted, in honor of Matt Gates publicly body shaming me, I'll be fundraising for the Gen Z for Change abortion fund. The Gen Z for Choice Fund splits donations across states where services are most needed. You can donate to the link below. Now, Matt Gates is right about the attractiveness of the left, but he is wrong about who wants to impregnate them. Let's just get it, get it real, get it, get it right. We see, all, we see all these videos of these morbidly obese women with like five boyfriends. Yeah, they're, they're having tons, tons of sex, Okay. You know, it, it's, it's remarkable to me. I, I get the point he's trying to make, I guess, that liberals tend to be less attractive. I don't know what that really accomplishes, to be completely honest. You might find it funny or whatever, or maybe you're offended by it. It is objectively true that conservatives tend to be more attractive. And we'll get into that because there's a very simple explanation. The Young Turks, they got so mad when we did a segment on Timcast IRL about this. And they were like, well, Tim's ugly. So that disproves it. And I'm like, dude, I'm just reading the news. You guys got problems with the fact that y'all are ugly. I don't want to tell you about it, man, because I'm not here to rag on you for not being attractive. I'm just pointing out the study says conservatives tend to be more attractive. Now, I've been to the, uh, the RNC uh, a couple, or no, no, a CPAC. Not, I've been to the RNC once. I've been to CPAC a couple times. And what do you find? Well, I've been to the DNC and I've been to, C, I've been to the RNC. The Republicans, man, the men tend to be taller wearing suits, 
Finn. The women, oh, the women at the RNC conventions are all like the exact same looking women, blonde in a red dress. But they're all thin. You go to the DNC and what do you get? You get big, portly women and you get short, scraggly little men. And I noticed this. And it wasn't just me. I, I, I was talking to several progressive friends. This is years ago. Who, and we talked about it. And the funny thing is, the idea is actually quite simple. It's called privilege. The left loves the idea. Oh, they love the idea until Matt Gates brings it up. Yes, privilege is the reason why they argue conservatives uh, tend to be more attractive, because it's in fact actually the inverse. Attractive people tend to be conservative. Why? It's simple. If you're attractive, people are nicer to you. People want things from you. They want to be around you. So all of a sudden, you, Washington, all of a sudden, but, but you lead this life being attractive where everybody's nice, you get what you want, and you say, life's not so bad. You know, I haven't struggled. And then you have unattractive people struggling all day and night saying life is difficult. And so those people who struggle form collectives to support each other. And those people who are attractive, well, they tend to be more independent. And it's also not just about being attractive. Let's talk about male and female. If you're a female, you are, you are substantially less likely to be homeless. Now, guys, guys five times more likely to be homeless, and they know all about it. Not every single guy. If you were a chiseled middle class guy, you probably not experienced this. But I'll tell you this. Growing up in, in low income areas and experiencing this stuff as a dude, it's get out, get away from me. I don't care about you. And a woman of comparable stature, similar uh, income levels, just finds a guy of some means, and then he move into my house. No problem. These women, they, they tend not to be homeless. Either they'll get a job and support themselves. And if they do fall in hard times, they just get a, they get a boyfriend or someone will pay for them. They'll get a sugar daddy or something like that. Not every woman, not all the time. I know women who are homeless. It's a tendency. But I want to say Matt Gates is wrong. You see these videos from the left. You may think they're ugly, but and I'll, I'll say this too, to, to Jordan Peterson's point. He, he posted an image of Sports Illustrated and it showed this uh, morbidly obese model. And again, you know, what's really funny is I have, to, I have to clarify this. I'm not trying to insult her. I'm making a distinct term about morbid obesity. There you go. And he said, it's not beautiful and you'll never convince me it's beautiful. Dude, some people like fat chicks. The same thing is true for what Matt Gates is saying. He's posting this photo of this young fat woman and he's like, who's going to want to impregnate her? I'm like, bro, I got to be honest, a lot of people. Because it's not just about what you think is attractive or not. It's about I don't know. Are people desperate and willing to take what they, can, what, they, what they can get? Imagine this. You got a leftist incel, scraggly five foot three, you know, weaselly little guy. And he struggles to, uh, to engage in relations with women. And then along comes a woman of comparable stature and attractiveness. And they're going to, they're going to be attracted to each other. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I remember watching, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, The Science of Sex. They had everybody, they put a number on everyone's forehead. And then they said, you can't see your number. We're going to put 10 guys and 10 girls in the same room together. And your goal is to pair up with the highest number possible. And so obviously the dude who's number 10, meaning with the highest value, he walks in, everyone immediately looks for the one with the highest card. They look for the one who has the 10. And so the woman who has the 10 is looking for the guy who has the 10. Sure enough, boom, they instantly pair up. The guy with the 10 
or all of the guys, 10 guys, they go up to the woman with the 10, the women go up to the guy with the 10, and they're like, no, 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 I want, I want her. And she goes, yeah, I want him. And they're like, boom, the 10s easily find themselves. And then what they found is that the person who had an eight and the person who had a seven, you know, they, you know, it's like slightly above, slightly below, but it makes sense because the person who sees the eight goes, it's not a nine or a 10, but I'll take it. And the person with the, who has the eight sees the guy with the seven goes, seven's pretty good. You know, I'll take that. And then sure enough, the people who were at one were with each other. My point is, do you think that people who are attractive just like don't try to hook up and simply roll over and just go, guess I'll never, you know, hook up. I got to be honest for dudes, probably the case. There are probably many dudes who are, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about that too. Let's talk about that in the, in the current, in the modern, in the modern era, huh? Dudes who are low status and unattractive. Yeah. I don't think they're ever getting laid. No, no, for real. They're probably not, not ever. Because guys, I mean, guys will probably hook up with whatever they can get. I mean, there are jokes about dudes hooking up with ugly women and fat women, like because they're willing to do it depending on the circumstances. But these women don't have to hook up with Weasley guys because even moderately attractive guys will be looking to hook up. I just just the way guys are. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So if you look at, there's, there's interesting data on this, um, the bell curve of dating preferences. Women rate, uh, it's like for men, they rate women on, on, on a bell curve, meaning average women are viewed as average, attract, like, you know, uh, beautiful, attractive women are rated attractively. So it's like, it's very static. Women, however, have this strange curve where every single guy is unattractive until they get to the, the top of the top, the six foot five chiseled ripped guy. Everyone else is unattractive. Women just want the best guy possible. Duh. Duh. So to make Gates's point, I think all, all he really did in, in this statement was just insult the left for being ugly, I guess. I'm not all about that. You know, look, this, 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 this photo he posts of this woman, like, yeah, she's morbidly obese. That ain't my thing. I'm sure there are a lot of guys. Uh, oh, I know for a fact there are a lot of guys who like big women. And this woman very well may get pregnant because of it. And then, well, then she probably will want to get an abortion. I mean, I guess that's why she's an activist for it. So here's the story they say didn't go well for Matt Gates. Actually, it went really, really well for Matt Gates. Let's just be honest. Now, he, you may call him a dick or something like that, but he got what he wanted out of it. The right is cheering for him. They don't care about these people. They don't like these people. So how did it not go well for him? This woman raises money. That is no bearing whatsoever on Matt Gates's standing or what his goals are. Glamour writes, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You see, Matt Gates, blah, blah, blah. He says they're too fat. Why is that women are fat? In the spirit of addressing the next generation, which is consider, which, which considering the 40-year-old is under investigation, blah, blah, blah. I know we get it. He says they're odious, yada, yada, yada. Can't get to the point. Dan Duray says, am I, a little, am I not a little too old for you, Matt? Juliana asked in a reply. I think you have a thing for targeting teenagers, but 19 is on the cusp, don't you think? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, come on, come on. How did it not go well? Look, all this stuff has been, uh, been blocked. 
Since posting her rebuttal, Juliana says she's gained 20,000 followers across platforms. Let this serve as a lesson to all Republican politicians out there. If it's a battle of wit against me, you're going to lose. Matt Gates has not addressed Olivia Juliana directly since his initial tweet. That's probably a good call. You know what? Welcome to the modern political era where Matt Gates can come out and say, be offended, fat and ugly. And the right goes, woo, yeah, and they cheer and they laugh. And then the left goes, huh, Matt, well, I'm a little too old for you and big. Snap, snap. And then everyone goes, oh, smackdown. The people on the right aren't arguing with the people on the left, and the people on the left aren't arguing with people on the right. That's the reality of it. So none of this ultimately matters. Well, I mean, it kind of does. It kind of does. This is the echo chamber expansion of, of hatred. The left writes articles attacking Matt Gates, saying, ha ha, it didn't go well for him. He doesn't care. He literally doesn't care. And I got to be honest, I don't think this woman cares either. I think she saw an opportunity to virtual signal to her base. Matt Gates was calling people fat and ugly. I think Matt Gates is right about the attractiveness thing, but wrong about what it ultimately means. And the left doesn't care if he's right or wrong. They're just going to be like, oh, how dare they? You know, it's funny. Why should they be mad if they don't agree? You see, you see my point? When Matt Gates says that activists are, are, are fat and ugly, and then he shows this woman her response to him being like, oh, yeah, it's just like, I, why should you care if someone else finds you unattractive? What does that have to do with anything? No. For everybody, for the political tribes, the goal is just to rile up your side. I don't care about that. I don't care about this woman. I don't care how she looks. I don't care about her life. You know, I care about her ideas. And I agree with Matt Gates to a, to a degree that the ideas of these people are odious, unattractive and ugly on the inside. That's a better point, to be honest. Abortion after viability, to me, <clears throat> in almost all circumstances, makes literally no sense. If the child is viable, the child should be delivered. Now, there are questions about whether the state can mandate a person provide their body to someone else. But then you have the issue of in a circumstance where a woman chooses to engage in activities which could result in pregnancy, I think it's insane that we'd be like, yeah, kill the baby. In an instance where the woman does not choose and someone forces it upon her, okay, well, then, you know, look, this is why I am traditionally pro-choice. I don't agree with these activists on the left because therefore, like, elective contraceptive abortion, which is just freakish to me. And I think the other issue is post viability is just there's no question. It makes no sense. It's like, come on, maybe maybe some leeway where it's like I didn't know. And, you know, but but at that point, look, I don't know, maybe not. If the baby is viable, you can just deliver it. You can just take it out and help it live. I don't know the argument for killing something that can survive on its own. Sorry, it's just not there. So I think these people are ugly on the inside. I think they're wrong. I don't think any of this solves anything. And it's just, I got to be honest, this is the big news story of the day. This is like, this is the big story. Everyone's talking about it. But I think there's an important point to be made in how we uh, address and understand politics and all that stuff. Conservatives really are better looking. Washington Post. I have eight sources I have pulled up to make sure you understand. Eight sources spanning four years with different studies. Some of them are duplicate studies, mind you. I understand that. Some of them are referencing the same study, I should say. Conservatives really are better looking, plain and simple. So I don't know what this ultimately leads to, but I will tell you this, you know, in terms of politics, but I can tell you in terms of biology, 
if ugly people are, let's say Matt's correct, they're less likely to hook up. And, and it's probably true. Conservatives are more likely to have kids. They're more likely to get married and have families. Liberals may actually be more likely to have sex, but they're more likely to have abortions. They're more likely to sterilize their children. And they're probably, uh, well, they're just less likely to get pregnant because, well, I shouldn't say it that way. Just they're more likely to terminate their pregnancies. The future is conservative. That's it. For everything conservatives believe and are worried about, it's fascinating to me. I mean, I, I understand it. But you've got, you know, people on the right freaking out about vaccines. You got them freaking out about um, abortions and things like that. And I'm just like, if what you all believe is true, the end result is that in 20 to 30 years, liberals, this ideology will not exist. The only foothold they have that is, is culture. And if there's a culture war going on right now, it's no surprise they're freaking out. They, they, the left doesn't have kids. They have yours. That's the saying, right? They have yours. They go to your schools. They indoctrinate your kids. They suspend you on Twitter for calling out people targeting children. Hey, that happened to me. The end result is simple. We saw it in, two, in the 2000s, and it, it happened. Years ago, I did the segment saying the future will be conservative. The studies showed in like 2003 that liberals were having like 1.5 kids and conservatives are having 2.05, meaning conservatives were slightly above replacement. What does that mean? If there's 25% more conservative kids than liberal ones in, in 18 years from that point, you're going to have 25% more conservative voters than liberal ones. That trend has not stopped. The future is conservative, period. And it's not just about the fact that conservatives are more attractive and have families. But the, at, at the same time, conservatives are having families and big ones. The left are aborting their kids. So conservatives often say to me, yeah, I don't care about that. I care about humanity and all that stuff. And I'm like, I get it. Highly noble of you to want to defend those who completely disagree with everything you stand for to raise kids and indoctrinate your kids. And you keep defending them. I get it because you don't want people being killed or sterilized. I can't speak to whether or not they'll be allowed to continue doing it, how, if abortion will persist, or if the, the child sex change things will, will stop. But I will tell you this right now. The trend as it stands, the left is eliminating their ideology and the right is having kids. Now, people say, Tim, conservative parents is no guarantee for conservative kids. Maybe that was the case 20 years ago, but that's changing now with the rise of homeschooling, school choice and the culture war. That is the point. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. You may have seen the viral video. A teenager brutally beating cops in a Manhattan subway station because there's no consequences anymore. The problem with New York, writes the Daily Mail, teen 16 batters cop in Manhattan subway station and is freed less than 24 hours later due to lax bail laws. The data is in, my friends. That's the big story. The data from Redfin showing that people are fleeing blue cities and states and heading to Florida and Texas. Why? Because you don't got to worry about this. You know, I'm seeing all these videos pop up everywhere of people being brutally beaten in the streets in cities like New York and Los Angeles and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, that's the way it used to be. I went down to a Glenn Beck studio about it was a year or two ago. It was a while ago now. And he had these old newspapers up on the wall and one of the newspapers, like the 1800s newspapers, and uh, I read one and it was like a dude was hanging out smoking outside of a bar. Another guy walked outside, pulled out his, I guess it was a flintlock or something, put it to his chest and just bam, blasted him in the chest. And it's like, why? 
No, it was it was legit. It was like a random crime from back in the day. No, no reason. See, back in the day, this was the nature of reality that you could go outside to get a pail of water and a man would just club you over the back of the head and then leave you to die and take your stuff. That's still the case today. But we have a bit more security. Nobody wants to live like that. It's stressful, right? Well, this is what's happening with Democrat policies. And because of it, Redfin is now reporting all of these people. It's new data, right? The top seven U.S. cities homebuyers are seeking to leave. Now, the article from uh, CNBC isn't political, but it is if you know what to look for. SF, LA, New York, DC, Seattle, Boston, Detroit. Everybody's like, yo, I'm out. Now, there's some nuance here for sure. We'll get into the context. But the Democrats are trying to claim they're tough on crime. Axios reports Democrats embrace law enforcement to hit GOP on crime. Yo, you have to be insane, dissociative, schizo. If it, I mean, the, 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 look, the Democrats have an identity crisis. They're out of their minds completely. So let me, let me tell you about bail reform real quick. And then we'll talk about, I don't know, why people are fleeing these cities why uh, perhaps the police shortage? I got a whole bunch of articles on the police shortage. I wonder why that's happening. Bail reform. What is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be that there has to be evidence, probable cause to keep you in jail or to require a cash bail. The cash is so you don't flee. What it's turning into, and it's supposed to be like, yeah, so what it's turning into is just let everybody go. Yo, there's a video of this kid fighting with cops. That's probable cause to to keep them or at least have cash bail. Cashless bail is like, okay, here's a first time offender. It's a nonviolent crime or there's no evidence violence was committed. You're free to go. No cash. We can't hold you without due process. In this instance, the kid should be brought in front of the judge. The cop should be like, your honor, here's a video of him fighting cops. The judge can be like, all right, 500 bucks for bail. Instead, they're just like, adios. Or I mean, maybe maybe you don't even have, I don't know if this is cashless bail. It's the new uh, lax bail reform. But I'm saying like, dude, outright, this kid on video fighting police. Yeah, why are they letting these people out? You know, you can hold them for a couple days and give them a general hearing or whatever, but no, they let them go. They let them go. Democrats are trying to claim they're tough on crime. It's laughable. But let's talk about what's happening because there's some political stuff involved. Now, you may be laughing, saying, ah, look at all these people. They're leaving these cities. Yo, this could be good news. It could be bad news. We don't know. You get a bunch of Democrats this year, a midterm year, moving into red cities. They could turn your red state purple or blue. Look how narrow the election was in in Florida with Gillum and DeSantis. And and you may be laughing, being like, ha everybody's leaving. Yo, if they go to Florida and they vote blue, y'all going to lose. But, but, but same time, I would imagine the people who are fleeing these cities aren't Democrats. They're maybe moderates or slightly more conservative urban folk. So they're basically liberals, but, you know, more conservative leaning. And they're probably saying, I don't want to live here. So these people may actually be turning red states redder. Texas and Florida may be coming red because of this. I don't know for sure. I'm saying keep that in mind. Take a look at the data because it is clear. They say from coast to coast, prospective home buyers are on the hunt for affordability, even if it means leaving their city to find it. A record number of potential U.S. home buyers are seeking to relocate, according to a report published last week by Redfin. 
The report ranked the cities red venues as appeared most likely to leave. San Francisco, number one. Oh, you love to see it. The number one city nobody wants to live in is the number one city with poop on the streets. Okay. My friends, please do not bring your street pooping to these other places. LA, number two, New York, three, DC, four, five, Seattle, six, Boston, seven, Detroit. You know, we're about an hour outside of DC. I would never want to be anywhere near that swamp. Being an hour away, already too close for comfort. But there are swamp monsters that we sometimes want to interview. So this seems to be to make the most sense. But we're in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Beautiful. The only problem is that the D.C. lawyers, they buy property out here. It's an hour away and it's beautiful. And they don't have to live in the squalor that they produce. They say Denver, Chicago, Minneapolis round round up the list's top 10. Collectively, they represent some of the country's most populous cities. Minneapolis, I wonder why people are trying to flee from there. Could it be, I don't know, there was like an occupied city center, the George Floyd summer of love. Who would want to live in these places, man? Chicago, absolutely not surprised. But where do people want to go? Now, this is where a little bit of the nuance comes in. Miami, unsurprising. Not only is Miami beautiful, it is better governance. You recently had a district in the Miami area turn Republican, and you've got Ron DeSantis. Yo, Miami, you're like, what are you, what are you like, 40 minutes from Key Largo? You can drive down to the Keys, man. Beautiful. Funny little animals, coconuts for days, fresh fish. The ceviche in, in Miami, mm, it's amazing. So that I can get. Tampa, also, absolutely understand this. Maybe Tampa's a little bit better. It's on the other side of the peninsula and, you know, less likely to be hit by storm surges and things like that. But either way, we're looking at Florida. Now, Phoenix, I find interesting. Phoenix is interesting because of the border crisis. A little nuance there. But perhaps people are thinking, if we're in California, easiest place to jump to is Phoenix. You hop right over. Now, that could turn Phoenix blue. Because this may be people who don't want to go to Florida and want to go nearby. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Sacramento is actually on the list. Why would you move from one of these cities to Sacramento? Are you nuts? Perhaps again, proximity. People don't want to live in San Francisco because of the poop in the streets. So they go to Sacramento, not too far of a move. Vegas is interesting too. Vegas, because it's like a tourist city. Cape Corral, Florida, unsurprising. San Diego, actually also unsurprising because San Diego is a little bit conservative, more so than people think. But again, maybe that's proximity. Northport, Florida, unsurprising that Florida dominates with like the majority of the list. Then you've got nine and 10, San Antonio and Dallas, Florida and Texas, unsurprising. And for my friends over in Phoenix, you may be getting a Governor Kerry Lake really soon. And so maybe it's a wager worth making. I got to say, I'm a big fan of Carrie Lake. I think she's absolutely, she's, she's fantastic. What I absolutely love in a politician is that I hate most of them. So if any of them are willing to come and sit down for two and a half hours and just talk and say things and take any question at random, yo, respect. Thomas Massey, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they've come on the show and you could throw whatever question you want at them. We had Troy Nails on the show. I got mad respect for this guy because I asked him about, uh, I think it was the NFA, repealing it. And he just immediately went, no, no. And I was like, wow, really? You know, I'd figure somebody who's Freedom Caucus would be like, of course, we're going to do that. But he was he, like, look, I respect it. I don't agree with it. But I respect when, Car- when Carrie Lake comes on Tim Cast IRL and she's like, ask anything. It's like, wow, anything? 
Marjorie Taylor Greene comes on the show and she's like, sometimes I'm in favor of a national divorce if it prevents civil war. And I'm like, it's crazy to hear a politician say that because it's such political. It's so politically risky. But now you learn something. It's not risky to actually be of the people. MTG just says what she thinks and people like it. Donald Trump was the same way. Carrie Lake, she's like, we're going to have the National Guard go down to the border. We're going to we're going to declare an invasion. She just says what she thinks and what she feels. And that's what people are, are, are they want. It's refreshing. You get these wishy-washy politicians who are like, you ask them about the border. I'll say, well, the border is a very serious thing. You know, the vo- we got we got a very serious issue out of the border now. Now, most people know that the border is something we got to pay attention to. And if we don't protect that border and we don't take it seriously, then, well, you know, people are going to be really concerned about it. And it's like, uh-huh, keep talking and saying nothing. No, but you get someone like Carrie Lake who outright is just like, declare an invasion, send the National Guard down and send these people home. And I'm like, woo, let's hear it, man. Now, the Democrats are trying to convince you they're tough on crime. Is this a joke? Axios, is this, is this attempted humor? Y'all aren't the Babylon Bee. I don't think any sane person is going to believe that Democrats are tough on crime. Axios says, just two years after calls to defund the police erupted in the wake of George Floyd's murder, Democrats in states like Ohio, Georgia, and Florida are spotlighting law enforcement to boost their credibility on fighting crime. Laughable. Ha ha ha. The new effort to ward off Republican attacks comes out of the defund debate, damage Democrats' reputations on crime, leading to party infighting and internal reflection over how to best manage message on police reform. Okay. Okay, let's play a game. CNN, we need them desperately. U.S. police departments struggle with critical staffing shortages. Here's 10 on your side wavy Norfolk police to hire retired officers to help with shortage. Wow. We have this 12 WSPD. This one's amazing. Hiring officers from other departments to combat shortages. This is Winston, Winston Salem, North Carolina. Then we've got this Politico. Suburban Democrats flee from defund the police. And there it is, my friends. The Democrats are insane. The Republicans are pathetic and ineffective, but the Democrats are insane. You know, I lived in uh, New York City once, lived there for about five years. And I'll tell you why I left. You know, I was sitting up in my uh, apartment over uh, off of Myrtle and Nostrand, in, uh, I think it's like the Bed-Stuy neighborhood in Brooklyn, when uh, a helicopter flew really low over my building, really low. I mean, it it felt like 50 feet or 20 feet. I don't even know. It was just like, whoa, what the? I'm like sitting in my room playing video. I'm like eating a burrito in my boxers. I look out the window. I got a text message and it said, are you near the shooting? And I was like, huh? It's crazy. I had ordered a burrito and it arrived to my house like 10 minutes before a black nationalist executed two cops. I didn't even realize until I look outside and see cops everywhere. And I was like, man, things are getting crazy. So I moved. I moved to Florida for about a year. And then ultimately it was like, nah, you know, Florida. I moved down there for work stuff. When work was ending, I didn't have anything left in Florida. So I said, maybe I'll go back to New York. But then I was like, I don't want to live in New York at all, especially considering the, the shooting stuff. So I was like, maybe I'll move to the Jersey side, be out of the city, but close enough to do work in the city. I said, okay, that makes sense. And so I moved to Union City, New Jersey. And then one day, got a news report. A bomb was planted in Manhattan off 25th Street. Someone planted a bomb. And so I was like, wow, man, it went off. I went down there and filmed and interviewed people, and it was crazy. People got hurt. 
And then I found out that in Jersey City, bombs had also been planted. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get away from the metro area because we've got rioting, we got protests, we got threats. It's escalating, man. And this was 20, 2015, 2016. This is 2016 when I was like, I got to get out of here. I moved down to Bayonne, South Jersey. And eventually I was just like, it's no different. Being in this place, we're too close to all of the chaos. These cities feel, felt like really dangerous places to be. Then I moved down to uh, the Philly suburbs. Philly suburbs. And I thought it was going to be fine there because it's South Jersey. It's on the other side of the river. And when the riots happened in the summer of love, they crossed the bridge. Far left extremists crossed the bridge over into the Jersey side. And I could hear the helicopters and the sirens from my house. And I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. I was like, we got it. We got to just get out of here. We got to get out of here. And that's when the lockdowns were getting worse. And we had started we, when the lockdown started, we'd already looking for a way to get away from these cities because of all the stuff that's been happening. So a lot of people told me to go to Texas. A lot of people told me to go, go to Florida. And I was just like, nah, West Virginia. Now, I made the mistake of going to Western Maryland first because there was good property that was going to work out really well for expanding the business. And that's what we were trying to do. So now we're going to uh, we have the new headquarters up in West Virginia. West Virginia, things are going great. You know, they say there's more gun violence in West Virginia. And it's like, I don't know, man, maybe there's a lot of drugs, a lot of problems, opiates. But I feel the opportunity here. It's the second most Trump supporting state in the country. And it feels like it feels like there's opportunities. These small towns, you know, 40, 40,000 or so people. And I said, these are people who need jobs. Let's come to an area that we can we can find people who share our values, who aren't going to be screaming defund the police. But more importantly, I'm not a big fan of city police departments. Not at all. You've heard me say, go ahead, defund them, abolish them. What do I care? Sheriff's department. That's what I do like. I've seen some bad sheriffs as well. There's problems. But duly elected law enforcement, I like it. And when it's smaller and community based and, you, and there's, there's, there's less cops, you're more reliant on yourself. It's more individualist. And you know who these cops are, these deputies. In the big cities, you get corrupt cronies appointing their corrupt crony friends who run the departments like the mafia. That's what's happening now. So you know what? Maybe there's no solution for these big cities. Democrats went full on board and I said, good, fine, so be it. You want to defund the police? Far be it from me to tell you not to do it. And this is what you get. The police departments from Atlanta to Kansas City to Portland are coping with critical staffing shortages and struggling to fill their ranks from patrol officers to 911 operators as the warm weather historically portends bursts of violence in many parts of the U.S. Yeah, it's the summer, man. The people who work here are working long hours, extra overtime to cover other shifts, said Kansas City Police Interim Chief Joseph Mabin during a recent tour of the department's 911 call center, which is experiencing longer wait times. But we have to have some someone answering the call. We have to have someone dispatching. Otherwise, we can't get officers to people. It's critical. Kansas City Police Department is down about 100 crucial non-law enforcement positions, including 911 dispatchers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I started this video by showing you. In New York City, cops, they were brutally beaten. They were, I should say they were fighting with a 16-year-old who was punching them and attacking them. You know, someone published a video the other day of a domestic call. A lady cop and a dude cop detain the guy. He starts resisting. He, they get him on the ground. He pulls a gun, reaches it straight up, and you see the one cop pull to the left, and the, and the gun right here goes bang. It's crazy. Lady cop ended that guy. Yo, it's getting crazy. I mean, I know we have shows like Cops. I know crime exists. But now you don't got cops to deal with any of it. You know what? These city cops, I think they did it to themselves. And retiring was the right thing to do, in my opinion. I said, if you're a good cop, get out of here, get out of the cities. And that's what's happening. How much you want to bet a large portion of people fleeing these cities, they're cops. That's why there's a shortage and an exodus. Nobody wants to live in these cities and they're collapsing because of it. What's going to happen to these Democrats who live there? I got no idea. It's going to implode. Seriously, think about it. People of merit who want security will not live there. And the people who are less likely to be able to, 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 to make it out will be trapped there as well. Some of these people are good people, many of them. But then you're going to get those people who blindly vote Democrat to extract resources, and they are going to cannibalize each other figuratively and fiscally. They're going to be calling for higher taxes. It's going to be like Detroit. As people flee, the cost to maintain the infrastructure remains the same, but the tax revenue goes down and the trains will stop working and the water will stop working and New York will become a cesspool. Well, it already is. You know, there was a period where it was really bad in the 80s and everybody knew and then it got cleaned up. Now it's going to get bad again. But it's not just New York City. It's also the filth in the streets of San Francisco. The human waste I'm talking about, of course. Human waste, feces just riddling the streets and a poop department. Eventually, people just say, I don't want to live here. What is the average rent in New York? It's up to like $5,000 now. Who can afford to live there? How much does the poop department of San Francisco pay? Does it pay enough for you to spend three grand a month on an apartment? Or are you going to be living in a cubicle with four other people? That's insane, right? Now, we can't live that way. Well, I'll tell you this. The cost of living is so high in cities, you need roommates. How are you going to have a family if you live in a tiny apartment with a bunch of roommates? You're not. How are you going to afford food for your kids? You won't. That's why they want abortion so much. Now you move out to the countryside, cost of living is way lower. You've got some of your own food growing. This is, this is, the, this is the crazy thing. We got berries everywhere. Oh, we found a big blackberry bush. Crazy. Massive amounts. You know, the blackberries get strangled out by other plants. We found one area where there's massive, just several blackberry bushes or whatever they're called. I don't know if they're, if they're bushes or not. Just eat them. We got chickens out here. The roosters screaming all day and night. It's whatever. Locals out here, there's farms everywhere. We, we, we drive a couple miles and they got tenderloin and fresh farm bacon and farm fresh milk and all that good stuff. We can grow some of our own food. We're more reliant on ourselves. We are less wasteful, more resourceful. Everything is wrong with these cities. Everything. They have become corrupt, broken. And, and, the, and the problem in this country of Democrat voters blindly voting ignorantly 
on a ridiculous policy doesn't work, it's because they live in cities. So you know what? This is a light at the end of the tunnel. As the cities crumble and collapse, here's what happens. West Virginia, something like 86% Trump supporting. When the people from blue areas move here, it may reduce the amount of the percentage of Trump supporters, but they get their vote diluted. You get, you know, a couple million people. I think it was like a million people in West Virginia. You get 10,000 Democrats to move in trying to get away from these cities. They won't impact the vote. Now we got to be we got to we got to uh, stay vigilant and make sure we keep we, we don't let people vote for things that destroy these places. That's for sure. Don't let them bring that policy here. That's what you got to do. But in the long run, this is the end of cities in a certain way. I think there's going to be a major exodus to rural areas, which will greatly empower conservatives. That with the birthing trend and the abortion trend, the future will be conservative. They can cry about it all they want, but it's, it's their own making. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.